Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with David Hardy. What he brings to the table in terms of understanding, not just as an architect, I mean, certainly he's a good architect and you can, you know, his story is very compelling, but what he brings to the table in terms of understanding how to bring value to a community, how to build a great community and his commitment over so many years, what he did after Hurricane Katrina, the work that I did working with him after Hurricane Katrina and since then, I mean, he's, he's, he really personifies the kind of leader that we need in coastal Mississippi, who not only brings incredible talent to the table, but brings a commitment to the community to build a great community. So we're lucky to have people like David Hardy. We're also lucky to people have people like Richard Cross. Uh, Richard Cross was recently, uh, you, you know him from uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll talk to, if you don't know him, we'll, we'll introduce you to him here in just a second. But he was recently recognized as one of the most influential people in, uh, uh, in the state, influential leaders in the state. Uh, and I wanted to bring him on and talk to him a little bit about that. But before we go any further, I just wanted to say good morning to you, Richard. How are you? Ricky, good morning to you as well. I apologize for the uh, slightly different backdrop. On the go this morning, but always good to visit with you. Uh, appreciate what you do on the coast and uh, excited to chat. Yeah, good. It's, it's it's great to have you, man. So you're in Oxford. You live in Oxford. Um, I, you know, I had the opportunity to. We're friends on Facebook, so I'm able to follow you, and your your beautiful wife and your three kids. And you know, you you've, that family thing is really important to you, isn't it? It is. Um, and and I'm really really fortunate. Jane has been incredibly supportive of uh, me kind of chasing this broadcasting dream for the last. 20 years. She and I got married in 2006. Uh, really proud of our three kids. We've got an 11-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old son and a 4-year-old daughter. Our 4-year-old kind of calls the shots. I guess that's how it works. The uh, the caboose is the uh, turns into the general. Um, but yeah, life's good. Uh, we're fortunate to live in Oxford. Uh, fortunate to be in a spot that cares uh, as much as the city of Oxford and the community of Oxford does about you know, public schools, um, we got a great church family, uh, obviously living in a college town has been really important to us. And it allows a place that's relatively small when you talk about population, you know, about 25,000 people, certainly Oxford is growing to feel a lot bigger than it actually is. So it's uh, it's been a really, really good spot. We moved here when I was eight years old and uh, and I'm proud to call Oxford home. I'm uh, I'm I'm. You know, we, there's a, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but I think one of the reasons why you're influential is because, number one, just on the sports scene, people trust you. They know you. They've gotten to know you. Uh, you're, you're, obviously, your, your work is going way beyond Oxford, and, and we can remind people some of the stuff that you're involved in today. But you, uh, you're just a smart guy who pays attention to the world and, uh, and, and what that's all about. And you've got some experience that certainly is outside of, outside of sports. And it's been fun kind of following you. I mean, we, we know you because uh, you, you, it's, you know, I, I, like, for example, you most recently uh, uh, have been working with, uh, with Ole Miss Baseball. And the, and the reality of Ole Miss Baseball is that they are incredibly relevant right now and being number two. In the nation, and the most recent set of games uh, that you had the opportunity to to uh, to cover um, really kind of put them on a, in a position where they are they're kind of the real deal. I mean, after after that 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 round with UCF, and uh, it it's uh, it's good to be able to follow it closely in that way, isn't it? 
It is. And, you know, for grief, really going back to about 2000, maybe the 1999 season, I kind of had the opportunity. There was a window there where David Kellum and I worked together. I guess it was for six solid years where I was I was the color analyst and did some play-by-play, and he were, and I were together for every single game. But prior to that and, and since that, I've kind of filled in for him. We get to this spot where it's really busy at the end of basketball season, and, and he's got to either stay home to do a game or he's traveling somewhere to do a game. And Ole Miss always takes one road trip out of their first four weeks. So they, they the, the kind of the schedule that they go with is they play three home series and one non-conference road series. And I've been fortunate for, for most of the last 20 years to, uh, to travel with them early. And so I get a really nice glimpse uh, fortunately, it's been a, a lot of winning uh, along the way under Mike Bianco, and uh, leaving um, you know the the unpredictable weather that we have in Mississippi this time of year behind for a weekend and going down to Orlando where it was 82 and sunny uh, for three straight days was was nice. But I'm a baseball guy, Ricky. I, I am at my core. I love basketball. Certainly, I love football like everybody in Mississippi, but baseball has always had a really special place for me. And so I I actually texted a friend who's a big baseball fan this weekend. I said, so good to be back at the ballpark. And when I'm away from baseball for a little while, I think I forget how much I love the game. Uh, And so it was pretty cool. It was uh, it was a good weekend for Ole Miss. They won two out of three. You mentioned number two in the country. This is a good team. It is a good team, and uh, you know Mississippi State. I think would have hoped they would have gotten a quicker start, better start to the season. But yeah. uh, I guess your position on them would be don't give up on them because they're, they're they have a winning culture and they know how to they know how to win, right? Yeah, they they won big, and you know traditionally get better as the season goes along. Mississippi State has figured out the formula for winning in the postseason, and I don't say that because they won a national championship a year ago. Uh, you know that that fan base is so good, and they seem to lift Mississippi State at the at the right time of the year. You you get to Starkville and and a regional setting or a super regional setting. I think you'd be crazy to bet against Mississippi State. Uh, yeah, Chris Lamonis has done a, a great job. Uh, it appears as if they're dealing with a pretty significant injury with Landon Sims, who who might might not pitch again. Hopefully that's not the case, um, but kind of looks like it might be. They just hadn't swung the bats. They hadn't played good baseball. It's a really talented lineup. They're on the coast this week for those two midweek games for uh, against Texas Tech. Thought the crowd support in Game One on Tuesday night was just absolutely off the charts. Over six thousand people there. MGM Park was packed to the gills. Looked fantastic on television for that game. Um, and I hope that that's something that that not only Mississippi State but but that Ole Miss uh, does in the future as well. Comes down and plays some games on the coast. That that Mississippi Gulf Coast is so important. Now, there's so much LSU influence down there, and you got some bleed over of Auburn and Alabama. Uh, I, I think it's important for uh, our, our teams that are in the northern half of the state, Mississippi State and Starkville and uh, Ole Miss, obviously, and Oxford, to uh, to make sure that the Gulf Coast uh, is a part of Mississippi in the way that, uh, that that they approach it as well. You know, when you for people who are regular Super Talk listeners, they have the opportunity to hear you and Michael Borky and Brian Haydad go at it on your Sports Talk program. But you've got a good team there, don't you? Yeah, you're talking about the Ole Miss team. 
No, no, no. I'm saying you know, your super oh, talk, yeah. sports no, talk came. Yeah, no, we do, and we have a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of do it in, in the order that you did it. Michael Borky's really talented. We uh, we give him a hard time about kind of being the young guy in the group, and he gives us a hard time about being the uh, being the older guys. But Michael's got an incredibly bright future in front of him uh, in broadcasting. Uh, you know, part of what I do causes me to be away from the show some you know if i'm doing television stuff for for espn or for the sec network and it's it's really comforting to know that the show just it doesn't miss a beat michael slides into that chair as host of the show when when i've got to be out and does a fantastic job and then hey that's fun um you know there's something about being incredibly comfortable in your own skin hey dad's a unique guy I, i said to him on the air i was like the more I get to know you, the weirder you get. But I meant that, you know, like in the in the nicest way possible, because he's just who he is. Uh, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to go on some invo- exotic vacation to relax. Hey, Dad might just take a day off and be like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. Like, what do you mean nothing? You Like you took a vacation day. What are you doing? Nothing, man. I'm not leaving the house today. That's him. That's who he's comfortable being. Uh, he's great over a grill. Uh, he is an encyclopedia when it comes to uh, Mississippi State sports history. He's never, ever made any bones about the fact that he is a bulldog. He's not going to make any apologies for it. He makes no apologies for the fact that he hates Ole Miss, although he's able to kind of set that aside and talk objectively about him some of the time, which makes it, uh, makes it fun. It's a fun dynamic. And, and I'm really fortunate to get to work with those guys every single day. It's a, it's a great, it's a great dynamic, but it's interesting the way you talked about sort of uh, Michael being the young guy in the group. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I want, I sent you a note about this because I think it's kind of notable. Uh, I, I wonder if the approach that, that we're seeing at Ole Miss football now. We're going to back. We're coming over to football for a second. You look at the success that they're having in the transfer uh, transfer portal right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that Michael Borky described, he said they're absolutely cleaning up. Um, to what yeah. extent is this about the way that the? You know, I certainly, you look look at Harkin Har- and, and what he's having to deal. Excuse me, Harson, what he's having to deal with over in Auburn. You know, to some extent, you, you're developing a culture there that, that kids want to play in. And is that one of the reasons? I mean, it's beyond just this, co- this commitment to winning. But why are, the, why, is, why are we having so much success at Ole Miss with, with the transfer portal? It's a good question. And, and I think, Ricky, the thing that maybe is more valuable than anything for a head coach whether you're talking about football or any other sports, is the fact that some coaches are real. Lane Kiffin is real. He knows who he is. He knows what he's trying to do. He's not really worried about what other people are saying about it. He just gets it. Um, you got coaches also that, that have trouble with that, right? That sometimes are trying to be something that they're not. And, and we can pick up and talk more yeah, about that. Yeah, why don't we do this? Let's pick up on the other side because actually this whole notion of are coaches in touch with their players? And do they really understand the sort of changing sociology of coaching? It's just, just an interesting part of the story. Anyway, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Richard Cross on the other side. See you after this break. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Richard Cross here, who's a host for Super Talk Sports Talk Mississippi, and uh, he, he does uh, play by play and other color and analysis for ESPN and uh, the SEC network. And he's someone that Mississippians trust. It's one of the reasons why he was recently identified as one of the top 50 most influential leaders in the state. And when we went to break, we were talking about Lane Kiffin and how real he is and some of the challenges that Harson has been having. Um, I mean, I mean, there's just really no doubting the reality that, that Lane Kiffin has figured out how to attract players in this new age of the transfer portal. Um, why don't you continue your, your sort of analysis of that? Yeah, so, so Ricky, I mentioned a second ago, you know, being comfortable in his own skin and being real. I mean, Lane Kiffin's not trying to be something that he's not. you got other people that kind of try to mimic what Lane Kiffin does in, in the social media spaces or, or the way that, that he kind of does interviews or, or talks to people nationally. And I think it's hard to, uh, to mimic that. you kind of got to be who you are. If you are a disciplinarian, if you're a tough guy, you, you got to be that. But you've also got to figure out a way to relate to your players. Lane Kiffin, you know, does the things that he needs to do in terms of kind of building culture within the team. From the very single, from the day that he was hired, first day that he was hired, Lane Kiffin has talked about roster management and kind of the changing landscape in college athletics. And with the the advent of the transfer portal, with the ruling that the NCAA made last year about the the one-time free transfer, so you can go to another school without having to sit out a year, Lane Kiffin has fully embraced that process. And, And I think there are a couple of reasons. One, he does have a professional background, right? I mean, he was the head coach of the Raiders, youngest head coach in the history of the NFL. And so he understands the roster management piece and dealing with free agency. And this is kind of de facto free agency in college football. And I think that's a space that he is comfortable in. That's number one. Number two, the reality is Ole Miss or Mississippi State, if you want to make it a little bit wider, is not going to recruit exactly the way that Alabama does. They're not going to recruit exactly the way that Texas A&M is now or that LSU does, where they can load up a class that out of 25 signees has got four or five five stars and then 16 four stars and they just fill it in the Ole Miss is just not going to be able to do that on a year in year out basis and so his approach to recruiting has been we're going to target a dozen to 15 guys out of high school that can serve as a foundation for the program that maybe have got a little bit of time to develop and are really really elite players we can go sign half of a class with that type player but maybe we can't do it with a full class and then we're going to go out and we're going to go get the best players that are available across the country through the transfer portal. In in his second year with the program, it worked really well. You look at the guys like like Chance Campbell, a linebacker who came in and was a huge impact, and and Jake Springer, who was a huge impact player, and, and others who transferred in and made a difference, and now they've hit it big at the quarterback spot uh, with Jackson Dart. They've added a bunch of other pieces through the transfer portal. And I think, you know, I keep hearing the argument that, oh, you can't do this over and over. And my question is, why can't you do it over and over? It's about managing your roster, filling your needs, and then eventually trying to build depth. It has, on the front end, been about filling immediate needs and hoping we stay healthy. And and going forward, it's about filling needs, but also building depth so that you're not one injury away from it feeling like the season's going to fall apart. 
So I mentioned Harson, and I know this is not a Mississippi school, but people I think have watched the the situation there, and I thought I really thought that he didn't have a chance in heck, and uh, and now you're seeing most likely he's going to be given another chance, and then at the combine three combine NFL combine you had three Auburn players that have shown their support for him, but it's a really really kind of messy situation. What are you hearing around the network? Well, I mean, Auburn is a, uh, it's a unique place. They're incredibly passionate, but, but they live in the shadow, whether they want to admit it or not, of Alabama. And the greatest coach in the history of the game and kind of we're in the middle of a, a run that is maybe the greatest dynasty in the history of college football. And so I think that raises the stakes for Auburn. Auburn has never been a place that has been terribly stable when it comes to coaches. Uh, and so in an era where the coaching salaries are as exorbitant as they are and the pressure to win because of what's happening in Tuscaloosa is as magnified as it is. The, the amount of rope that a coach gets is really, really short. Uh, now you're not used to seeing a guy being run out after one year and that's nearly what happened this off season. I think there was a, a culture clash, a personality clash, all those things happen and the power brokers that are involved with Auburn, they didn't like it. I mean, if you go back to when Brian Harson was hired, Alan Green, the athletics director at Auburn, he, he ran a little bit of a coup. He, he, he listened and he let kind of those people that were trying to control the football coaching search have their say. And then he did what he wanted to do. He went out and hired his guy as opposed to their guy. Uh, it could be that that makes Alan Green's days numbered because that's now on him. But also, it's you got people that are used to getting their way uh, that didn't get their way, and they're kind of trying to get back to that spot. It's a fascinating situation. It's going to be a tough spot for Auburn going into uh, this 2022 season. Well, I wish we had planned to to spend more time together <laughs> because I wanted to, you know, the next time we talk, I, I want to talk about some of the stuff that you've done outside of sports and okay. why you're so able to like sit in for Gerard or Paul. I think you, you pay attention to world events and that helps you be a better, better sports guy. Uh, and most sports guys are smart guys to begin with. Most people realize that. But if you don't, I mean, certainly Richard's one of those guys. But I appreciate you, you, you visiting with me. Congratulations on being recognized as one of the most influential thank people you. in Mississippi. I'm not surprised by that at all. And uh, have a great day, my friend. Ricky, thanks. Always enjoy visiting with you. Look forward to talking to you soon. You bet. Take care. And we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.